0: chapter twenty of up the river by oliver optic this librivox recording is in the public domain the theory and the facts we spent an hour in search of every nook and corner of the cabin for the other half of the lost treasure cornwood had not been stupid enough to put it under the companionway and Nick had been stupid enough to let his companion know where he had hidden his own share. As Colonel Shepherd had suggested, it was probable that the Floridian meant to take it before he went on shore at New Orleans. Cornwood had not concealed his share of the treasure in the cabin of the islander, and we could think of no other place where he was at all likely to deposit it. "'I think he is too long ahead to hide his money anywhere,' interposed Captain Blastblow, "'I should say that any man was a natural fool to hide his money in a vessel, "'under such circumstances as these fellows came on board of the steamer. "'In my opinion, he has concealed the money on his person, "'for you seem to have no doubt that he divided with the young swell. That looks very reasonable, added Colonel Shepherd. I think if I had a large sum on board of a vessel, I should provide myself with a money belt and keep the treasure in it at all times. All we have to do is search him, said Captain Blasblow. We shall soon find out whether or not he is a party to the robbery. I suggest there isn't any doubt. "'about the young swell, as the steward called him, "'and which I think is the best description of him. "'The package with the two tin plates "'precisely answers the description given of it "'by the man that lost it,' I replied. "'But I doubt whether we have any right to search Cornwood. "'We are not officers, and we are now in the state of Louisiana.' We have as much right to search him as we had to lay hands on him when we came alongside of the islander, replied Colonel Shepherd. I think we can get at the truth better than any court can. At any rate, he has taken part in stealing my steam yacht, and I think I have some hold on him if it turns out that he has not the money on him i have no doubt i can make it all right with him i am willing to take the responsibility all right i will help your man bring him down here for i think we had better not say anything to mr boomsby until we have settled where the other half of the money is bring him down here replied the colonel the captain soon returned with the pilot having cornwood between them the prisoner seemed to be somewhat bewildered for no charge had yet been preferred against him mr cornwood you seem to be acting in a different role than that for which i engaged you at st augustine said colonel shepherd when the pilot had put his prisoner into a chair IT IS MY OPINION TO PLACE THE STEAMER IN YOUR HANDS BY THE TIME YOU ARRIVED IN KEY WEST, REPLIED CORNWOOD WITH DIGNITY. YOU GAVE ME A LETTER WHEN YOU CAME ON BOARD THE ISLANDER AT KEY WEST, SAID CAPTAIN Blastblow SAVAGELY TO THE PRISONER. I GAVE YOU THE OWNER'S LETTER, ADDED CORNWOOD. NO, YOU DIDN'T. YOU GAVE ME THIS LETTER continued the captain, taking a paper from his pocket. Is this your letter, Colonel Shepard? He gave the letter to his owner. The colonel looked at it and laughed. (laughs) This is not so good an imitation of my handwriting as the other letter, he added. I never wrote a line of this letter. It favors the theory we have adopted, and I will give it to you. Captain Blastblow dear sir this letter will be delivered to you by my excellent friend mr kirby cornwood who has been my companion during my trip to the interior of florida and i commend him to your acquaintance and good offices you will give him a stateroom on board of the islander for he will make the trip with you to new orleans you will continue to avoid the sylvania and in all matters relating to the steamer you will take the advice of mr cornwood in whose fidelity and good judgment i have entire confidence very truly yours p g shepherd my excellent friend mr corby cornwood exclaimed the colonel did you ever know a man to have so many excellent friends as i have why they all willing to sacrifice themselves and take my steam-yacht and run her at my expense and even without my knowledge you did not write that letter colonel asked captain blastblow of course i did not replied the owner warmly why the writing is quite different from that given to you by my friend mr boomsby I'm afraid I shall not be willing to take any written orders after this unless the signature is witnessed by someone I know. I am sure I did not think of such a thing as a counterfeit letter. But did you send any letter to me by your excellent friend, Mr. Kirby Cornwood? asked Captain Blastblow. I DID SEND A LETTER TO YOU BY HIM, INSTRUCTING YOU TO WAIT AT KEY WEST TILL MY ARRIVAL TIME THERE, REPLIED THE COLONEL. WILL YOU GIVE ME THAT LETTER, MR. Kirby CORNWOOD, DEMANDED THE CAPTAIN, ADDRESSING THE PRISONER IN A VERY VIGOROUS MANNER. I GAVE YOU THE LETTER I RECEIVED FROM COLONEL Shepherd. I HAVE NO OTHER, REPLIED CORNWOOD DOGGEDLY. I DON'T BELIEVE YOU when Colonel Shepherd says he did not write that letter. Do you mean to tell me I lie? cried Cornwood. That's the substance of what I mean, answered the captain, who seemed to hold the prisoner in utter contempt. You are a coward. And I would not say that to a man with his arms tied behind him, returned Cornwood, repressing his wrath. "'You invited me to say it, and I said it, "'and it wouldn't make any difference to me "'whether your arms were tied or not. "'But I want the other letter, and I'm going to have it. "'Captain K.O. "'We will search him, and then we shall know "'whether he has or not,' added Captain Blastblow. "'The captain and the pilot proceeded at once "'to execute the threat. "'Cornwood leapt from his chair "'and began to kick at his two persecutors.' He was boiling with rage and with some other passion, but Captain Keogh seized him from behind by the shoulders and threw him down before he could do any harm. The captain took from his pocket a strong cord he had evidently brought down for the purpose, and while the pilot held him down, tied his ankles together. Then they began the search, examining all his pockets first. They found neither the money nor the letter. We haven't gone deep enough, said Captain Blastblow as he thrust his hand into the inside of Cornwood's shirt. The latter seemed to understand what this movement meant and he renewed his struggles in the most desperate manner. Captain Cayo put his foot on Cornwood's chest as he had done when he captured the Floridian and compelled him to lie quiet. Then he threw up his manacle feet but I took care of them by sitting down on his legs. Captain Blastblow then proceeded with his search. He removed a portion of the prisoner's clothing above his trousers, and we could not help seeing the wash-leather belt he wore around his waist. He unbuckled it and held it up before us. Now you may take Mr. Kirby Cornwood on deck, said the captain, in a tone of triumph as he felt the outside of the pocket-book attached to the belt. "'Do you mean to rob me of my money? Have I fallen among thieves?' demanded Cornwood. "'No, but we have,' replied Captain Blastblow. "'This is an outrage, and—' "'Never mind that now. "'We will hear it another time,' interposed the captain. "'I protest against—' "'All right,' added the captain as he seated himself at the cabin table. "'Go on deck, Mr. Cornwood, and take the air. It will do you good.' The captain handed the money belt to Colonel Shepherd, who opened it and took from the pocket a large pile of banknotes. "'That looks more like it,' said the captain. "'I don't believe the fellow will persecute us for anything we have done. He belongs in the Florida State Prison if they have such an institution.' I think we had better count the money, I suggested, as I took the package we had found under the companionway from my breast pocket. Yes, count, and see if the rascals made a fair divvy of it, added the captain. Colonel Shepard began to count the bills he had taken from the money clip, and I opened the package in my possession. As I did so, I found the words, First National Bank of Florida, as if impressed by a stamp on the wrapper. The two tin plates by which I had been able to recognize the package were made by cutting off the round ends of a pair of tins used for doubling papers and tearing off checks or other papers. I concluded they were a device of the bank messenger by which he could square his package. When I had shown these things to the captain I proceeded to count the money just two thousand dollars said the colonel who finished his work long before i did mine nineteen hundred and ninety i added when i had finished the count he may have taken out ten dollars suggested the colonel i don't believe cornwood did for i found other money in his pockets which i did not touch added captain blasblow count it over captain aleck said the colonel I did so, laying off the bills and hundreds as they amounted to this sum. My last lot came out right, and I had twenty piles. It made just two thousand dollars. It was clear now, if it had not been before, that Cornwood's visit to Key West related to Nick Boomsby and not the detention of the Islander when she arrived there. The equal division of the money explained the long and rather stormy conversations between the passengers of the Islander. Cornwood was smart if he was nothing else in the way of honesty and uprightness. He had bullied and persuaded poor Nick Boomsby to give him half the money, and would probably have stolen the other half before the vessel got to New Orleans if we had not captured her on the way. I was sorry for Nick Boomsby, for he had been the playmate of my early years, not so sorry that he had been found out as that he could commit a crime, but I could hardly wonder at his guilt when I thought of what his father had done and what an example he had given his son. I thought the father was almost, if not quite, as much to blame as the son. WHAT SHALL BE DONE WITH THIS MONEY? asked Colonel Shepard when he had wrapped up both divisions of the money and the money belt in one package. What shall we do with our two prisoners, I inquired in answer to the question. We can hand them over to the police in New Orleans, replied the Colonel. Then we can hand the money also over to them, I added. Probably the news of the robbery of the messenger has been in half the newspapers in the country and the police of all the large cities will know all about the case. It was finally agreed that my father should keep the money till we arrived at New Orleans, as he would be in another steamer from the robbers. Colonel Shepard decided to go on board of the Islander at once and his family were assisted to their new quarters. End of chapter.